Welcome to Apple at Work, a podcast about all things Apple in the enterprise, education, healthcare, and really any other vertical uh, you come up with. My name is Bradley Chambers. This week, I am welcoming back uh, Tom Bridge from Jump Cloud. Tom, how's it going? Hey, I'm great, Bradley. It's great to be back with you. And, uh, you know, it's always great to talk with you. So, the reason I asked you on this week is Apple has recently put out a new website about all the reasons to use a Mac at work. And, you know, I was even thinking this morning, I was working on an article about like the last 15 years of Apple at work and then like the next 15 years and how strange it is that when, when you think about the reasons people didn't deploy Macs at work uh, 10, 15 years ago, it was largely nothing to do with the Mac, but it was more about like Windows does everything. It does it for less expensive and it kind of works with all of our stuff. And then how kind of where we sit today in 2021, Apple honestly has the most well thought out ecosystem of products, mainly because Microsoft really doesn't have an answer on mobile except for the Surface Duo, which is running Android. Right. And, you know, you think about uh, the the mobility world that's out there today. I mean, so many people are just running around with iPads or running around with uh, even just iPhones. Um, and you know the Mac, they come back to their Macs. They might come back to their Macs at home or at work, um, but when they're in the field, actually doing what makes them, you know, a a productive part of their company, they're doing it with you know iPads and iPhones and things like that. And I mean, obviously, this is you know discounting the pandemic and things like that. But um, you know, I, I have a feeling that in-person work isn't going away. Um, at least not for, you know, all of those, you know, thousands and thousands and maybe even millions of people who work out in the field every day. And they've kept doing that during this last 18 months. And you, you think about that. It's not like when you come into the Apple ecosystem, it's not like, oh, pick your one device that you use all the time, but you can use different devices for different places you're at. So again, you're on the road, an iPad Pro, iPad Air with a magic keyboard, or even again, an iPhone can be your primary computing device. When you're in your office slash home office, you can use a Mac. And really, Apple has this ecosystem that like you once you get used to one, you're used to it everywhere. So a business can say, hey, like we're going all in on Apple and we're giving every employee iPhones and MacBook Airs with Apple Silicon in them. And that's a really nice story. And then then really from a... IT perspective, it's really this single platform to manage and deploy. Now, again, there's oh, yeah. a lot of a lot of tools out there that work, you know, that help you manage PCs alongside iPhones and things like that. But again, you're still not in the same ecosystem. So, like the the Windows ecosystem is different than Apple, even if you manage them from like you know somewhat the same portal. But like this, like, hey, we're all in here. We can. Um, you know, get managed Apple IDs and we can do that. You can get things from the app store. Like there is this like simplicity for everybody involved, which is nice. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, you think about the, some of the data that the folks at IBM have gathered over the last, you know, 15 years of supporting Apple in their, in their platform uh, teams within their organization. And what they realized was our Mac people are much more likely to be effective in their job. They're about 15% more productive on average. And when you also think um, about how much happier they are at work, which is another part of the same research, um, the choice for Apple at work is, is really clear. 
and you know, Apple makes a really strong argument that their people are, you know, the people that use their platform and that choose their platform to do their jobs are incredibly effective at what they do and are much more effective rather than the people that choose windows in their environment. And I'm not going to say that there's a certain type of person that's a Mac person. I'm not going to say there's a certain type of person that's a, there's a PC uh, person. There's a whole ad campaign about that, right? Um, There's been some spoofs on that lately, of course. Um, But, you know, you think about uh, choosing a platform that's more streamlined, that's more effective. And, you know, if we think about Apple's 11 reasons, right? Like they've got their Apple at work document that talks about, um, you know, the, the, the organization as a whole, you know, that, that, you know, 11th reason is it's a pleasure to work with. And they're right. Um, I really enjoy sitting down to my Mac to do my job. I really enjoy sitting down at my iPad to do some of my more mobile work. I enjoy moving around town with my iPhone. Uh, and Apple's ecosystem, without question, is the ecosystem for me. And when you think about the benefits that are also on top of that related to the new Apple Silicon uh, machines, you get a lot more awesome things that are associated with that. Well, let's run through the 11 reasons that Apple gives um, to, to use a, a Mac at work. And let's kind of Look, it's like, is this a real reason? Is this kind of made up? Uh, is this, does this actually impact sure. businesses? Um, first one is, it's really one and two. Um, it is and one. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, one seriously powerful chip. The Apple M1 chip changes everything. Custom technologies, blazing fast processing, and incredible power efficiency. In short, it's a breakthrough for breakthroughs for your entire team. Um, Tom, is that a real reason or a fake reason? Oh, it's completely a real reason. And I'll tell you why, you know, it is, is look at reason three, uh, which is their longest battery life. And I mean, there's no question that you can uh, take out a MacBook Air uh, with an M1 chip in it and go all day and not just like, oh, I'm going to spend my morning at the coffee shop and then come back and have to fully charge, which is really what you have to do with an Intel Mac. But the uh, M1 Max, you can go all day. You can uh, pop it open on the table, start working away uh, with your coffee at seven. By noon, you might be at 65% if uh, you've been doing some intensive work. And then by the end of your day at dinner time, you know, you're down at 30% maybe. And then you can put it away for dinner, come back to it while maybe catch a, an episode of, of TV on the couch or, you know, play some games and things like that. And you'll probably won't hit that red line alert until probably about 10 o'clock at night. It's amazing how much better the M1 MacBook uh, battery is um, than anything else that's out on the market, Windows or, or Mac. You know, it's funny. I, I'm reading a book about the history of Android, and it's really, really good. I'll put a link in the show notes. And I'm not an Android guy, but I enjoy computing history. And it talked about web TV, and it kind of made the comment, like, we spent the late 90s trying to jam the internet into the TV, and then now we're moving the TV to the computer. So it's kind of ironic. Um, but yeah, so Apple M1, I think one of the things in the in the business world too that is very impactful that doesn't really get said much is it's it's made it where the stock computer applies to a larger percentage of your uh, deployment. So before, oh, sure. if, if you had anybody that was like slightly a power user, even like some accounting folks that like maybe running complex macros, needed more power, you would often need to go up to the, the MacBook Pro. And now like you could just give somebody the stock MacBook Air and 
it, that works for the vast majority of your of your organization. And from a cost perspective, that does drive down the cost of of the Mac. So instead of oh yeah, these you know thirty percent of our deployment is MacBook Pros with with upgraded processors. Now it's you know, maybe ten percent, five percent. I don't know. It just depends on your organization. But um, the the well, and some of that is also we've changed how we work as communities. Um, we don't need the file server anymore. We're using Dropbox. We don't need you know, the, a bunch of local storage. We're doing it all in the cloud. Um, and you know, we're using web applications to do a lot of our work. So what you really need as, a, as an employee of, a, of an organization that's maybe you know, doing sales or doing field work is a bunch of applications that are based on the web. And so the cloud has really helped Apple uh, expand their environment at that point. Um, so you don't need as much storage. 256 for, a, for a, a, your basic employee of a company, totally fine. Um, and, you know, I mean, obviously you want to make sure that they have enough room to do their job if they're doing anything specialized, anything with Creative Suite, anything with, you know, uh, video or things like that. There's going to be some need for disk. Um, but, you know, the 8 gig of RAM, uh, 256 gig of storage uh, MacBook Air is enough to do a lot of jobs these days. So one through three, Apple Silicon, all the things around at Battery Life. Um, I'm going to agree with you. In my lifetime, uh, that goes up there with uh, SSDs as yep. some of, the, uh, some of the, the, the computing shifts that make the most impact in my life day to day. Obviously, Wi-Fi is up there, but uh, as well. Uh, reason number four, Mac works with IT. Set up devices from anywhere with zero touch deployment and manage Mac uh, at any scale with mobile device management. Um, Tom, real or fake? Oh, it's real. Um, the IT departments have tools that they need to do their jobs. Are, are Apple's tools alone? Is the MDM framework enough to do this job? No, it's not. Um, and that's where you tend to need a partner uh, to help uh, through this process. Or you need somebody who is, you know, worlds ahead on, and can run a micro MDM setup on, them, on their own um, and handle a bunch of those things directly. Uh, but, you know, it, does Apple give us a lot of great tools to, to work with this? Yes, the MDM framework and the fact that it's open is a huge bonus for IT departments all over because then you can say, hey, do I need a Jamf for this or do I need a Jump Cloud for this or do I need a Kanji for this or do I need a Mosul for this? And you can take a look at all of those different organizations and you know pick the one that's right for your business. There's no one right solution for MDM. And that also when you have this open platform that, you know, again, if you can pick an MDM vendor and know that the next version of Mac OS is just not going to completely block out their technology, it gives you room to grow with them. And you know that like, okay, we're going to be okay 12 months from now. And I, I look at things like how Apple built the uh, security endpoint um, infrastructure. And so that it's like recognizing like, hey, with the Mac is very secure. They've got great technology built in with, with gatekeeper and, and being able to take the tech malware built in. But then it's also, they built a framework for businesses that need even more granular control or more mm-hmm. compliance reporting. They said, Hey, we're going to build a, an Apple approved way for you to do this in a way that doesn't impact the end user and preserves that great Apple experience uh, at work. For sure. And, you know, if you think about all of the things that companies need these days, whether they're large or whether they're small, those needs are much more similar than you'd think. Well, it was actually, it's interesting. I can't remember who said it. Someone said that um, one of the things that Apple has done is because they don't sell separate SKUs for software, that all the the enterprise enhancements they make uh, on macOS, iOS, they work for consumers as well. 
That's right. And, and so that's, you know, we, they, Apple's done a lot to bring this enterprise level of security to the home user while making the devices that work great for consumers work great in the business as well. Um, so reason number five, Mac works without, for companies without IT. Mac is intuitive to use, easy to manage, simple setup, and Apple's migration assistance helps you get uh, Mac up and running quickly, and it's reliable hardware won't let you down. So it's a perfect for companies uh, with or without dedicated IT support. Tom, real or fake? I'm not 100% on the real line here, but I'm definitely not 100% on the fake line either. Uh, I feel like this one kind of goes both ways. I feel like organizations that are smart, that have technology, may not need a dedicated IT person on their staff, but I think most organizations would benefit from participation with you know, somebody like a managed service provider out there. There's so many great members of the Apple Consultants Network that are out there um, who are happy to help you with very light touch IT. Uh, without having to do that. And I think that Macs benefit from some guardrails. Um, yes, you can use them without. There's no question that you can use them without, but I don't think they're being used at their best uh, without an MDM or without some kind of management. One of the things that I think works in Apple's favor here um, is the Apple Store, where if you are a small business, three to four people, you don't have an IT support and you run into an issue with your Mac, because, I mean, again, it's unfortunately in Chattanooga, I don't have an Apple store, but there are Apple authorized like retailers. So I know that if sure. I ran into an issue that like I needed like someone to look at this today, I have a place I know can walk in that's with, that, that, that is very, you know, kind of blessed by Apple. These are the official ways to fix this. And yep. so, yeah, it's um, I, that, I think that's where it's helpful. But I, I agree. Uh, all businesses could do well to make use of MDM. Um, there are plenty of providers that offer even if you have three to four Macs, you can usually get it for free. Uh, so it's yeah, pretty yeah. good. For sure. Uh, number six, Max costs less to run in costs less in the long run uh, to use. With fewer support tickets, less software needed, and higher residual residual value, the savings add up. Compared with a PC, a single Mac could save you $843 over three years. This is um, data from a Forrester TEI study. Yes. And that study was really, really interesting because that number is up. Uh, over the last uh, few years. When it first came out, it was around $750 for uh, over a three-year period. And to see it go up almost 100 bucks or almost 35 bucks a year um, is nice to see. And that's just based on having Max. That's not necessarily based on the price differentials. That's not necessarily based on the prices of individual IT people who do Mac versus not Mac. Um, this is just around the actual hardware itself in terms of what the load is for Macs on the enterprise, uh, as well as low, uh, small to medium uh, enterprise as well. Not just the big kids, but uh, but some of the small to medium enterprise from 50 to 5,000. So I really strongly think that uh, Apple's numbers here are interesting. Um, can are you? Is every business going to see the same? They are not. But I do certainly think that Apple has a quality argument here, and I'll I'll, I'll give them the I'll give them the reasonable check mark here. The one that I really can get behind is the higher residual value, um, especially if you're doing a lease. Um, oh, and, sure. You know, you, you, the I mean, I've had it where you know you buy a Mac for eight ninety nine, and after three years of use, you're reselling it for three hundred bucks, and that's a pretty good you know, you, especially you can kind of float that into your next lease, and and there is Macs just all, do all their values along with uh, iPads as well. Before we continue our conversation, I want to thank this week's sponsor. Managing Apple devices at work shouldn't be difficult. Mosul makes it easy. 
As a leader in the modern mobile device management and security for Apple and the enterprise ecosystem, Mosul offers solutions for every stage of your business. If you're just starting out and you, you want to get started for free, you can try Mosul Business for free and receive the complete MDM feature set of Mosul Business Premium for up to 30 devices at no charge. It's perfect for businesses just getting started or schools just getting started. Looking to address all your Apple input needs? Mosul Fuels has you covered. Are you looking to address all of your Apple endpoint needs? Mosul Fuse has you covered. The cloud-native offering compliant. Look point security. Wherever you are in your Apple journey, Mosul is there to support you. With a focus on usability automation and the best support in the market, Mosul delivers a new approach to Apple device management that is more powerful, efficient, and affordable than legacy solutions. To learn more, visit business.mosul.com. That's business.mosul.com. M-O-S-Y-L-E dot com. And we'll have a special link in the show notes. Thanks to Mosul for sponsoring this week's episode of Apple at Work. All right. The next one, reason number seven, the most innovative companies run on a Mac. 84% of the world's top innovators such as Salesforce, SAP, and Target deploy Macs at scale. Is that real or fake? I mean, there's no question those are real and innovative companies. Um, I This one's marketing. Um, I'll, I'll give it to them though. Apple's product marketing is solid. They certainly want to be able to point to people that are doing this at scale. Um, I'm surprised IBM's not there. I'm surprised that several of their other um, large scale customers aren't present there. I mean, I'm just excited to see them go a little bit wider here um, and see somebody like a Salesforce or a Target, for example, mostly because I know a few of their Mac admins and they're great people. So I'm glad to see their work supported. Uh, but you know, I don't necessarily think that those are the examples of um, strong innovation shall we say. Uh, <laughs> but that's just my probably my personal prejudices. Do I know a ton of awesome companies that are doing innovative work um, that have Max and Max at scale? Yes. I can think of here, SpaceX uh, has a, you know, a large cluster of Mac OS workstations. You know, we think about you know, some of the other larger organizations out there. Amazon has a huge number of Macs. I'm just surprised that those are the choices that they chose to call out. Um, but, you know, I definitely certainly think that you can run a major company, a Fortune 500 company, a Fortune 100 company, a Fortune 50 company, Fortune 1 company using the Mac. I mean, so two things here. Number one, you know who really could be on this list? Apple. We forget Apple is a massive business and 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 depending on the day is the largest business in the world. And they're probably run, main, I would say, 99% on Macs. And they're doing it with, for the large part without any kind of management on those Macs at all. So one of the things you kind of referenced it earlier that I really think that has massively benefited Apple in the enterprise is the, the rise of web apps and, and not, you know, the reason you brought it up was like, you don't need as powerful computer as much storage, but it's made it possible to run your apps regardless of your computing platform. So, you know, you, Again, I mean, there were there was a day um, when the Microsoft Office version was really really poor. I mean, this is even like the the O four version. Even you could even argue the O eight version was like uh, not even on on the same wavelength as the Windows version because so much has moved to the, to the web and and so a lot of your company's CRM tools, your accounting tools, these core applications are now just web based because it's easier to deploy. For the IT department, it's easier to deploy for the uh, 
organization that's making it, it's software, you know, the software is a service trend. Well, Apple's benefited from that because you're not having to like kind of say, okay, all right, this one app, if we get this person to Mac, they're going to have to have parallels. We're going to have to get a Windows license. You know, it's like a whole nother thing. Well, now it's like, well, just whatever browser you have, that that one's fine. And I, I think that's helped Apple reach more of the fortune or they're in every fortune 500, but like even, you know, be, have more people have the option to use a Mac. Oh, for sure. So <coughs> edit there. Reason eight, Excel and so much more. All the business apps you need run beautifully on the Mac from Microsoft 365, Google Workspace to SAP and Dropbox. And thanks to the M1 chip, popular iPhone and iPad apps for work can now run on a Mac too. In your opinion, Tom, is this real or fake? Oh, this is real. Um, I mean, there's no question that, you know, with the exception of, of maybe Adobe who stopped using unified installers um, to, you know, IT has no problem deploying software for the, uh, you know, for Mac OS. Uh, and certainly there's no shortage of applications for them to use. Uh, you know, we think about, you know, key tools like Excel, um, but then there are also industry specific tools like Ekahow or uh, Wi-Fi analyzers, uh, other things like that that are meant for um, really intense uh, application deployment for uh, businesses that do that have critical needs, right? I mean, I feel like there are so many platforms now that uh, work on the Mac that didn't used to and that Apple admins have all kinds of opportunities here to deploy those apps either through standalone deployment or through the App Store or through a hybrid of both in some cases. So look at what Apple's got on their workspace platform or, or you know, in their, in their workspace uh, overall. Um, you know, you think about browser apps, you think about tool apps, you think about, you know, things like OmniPlan or pro- other project management solutions, Excel and Office, uh, Slack, for example, uh, BB Edit, if you need a, co- uh, you know, a code editor slash text editor slash notes platform now, um, you know, there are a lot of really great applications for the Mac. Yeah. And what do you think? Do you think that running iPad, iPhone apps on the Mac, is that something that like many businesses will be? doing long-term you think or is no. that just like a <laughs> no i, I don't think it is i think where it could be nice is if you have an app that's like a time clock app or like some sort of like payroll app or an hr sure. app that's like obviously yep. on the iphone that like it's just an easy place to you can like all right you can run it on your mac but again most of the things probably have better web portals and they're probably hooked into okta and things like that so um you know whatever uh, sso you use so yeah uh, th- i think it's a nice to have but i don't think like it's like a turn the needle sort of thing yeah i definitely don't think this one's going to peg the needle on this one i think that the native native platform apps make a whole bunch of sense while it's possible to design an application that can work well on ios and mac os together and building it all with apple's frameworks to do that i certainly haven't seen many examples in practice uh i would love to be proven wrong here i would love to see more things but you know i look at apple's own home app which was developed using this technology and on the mac it's not great Oh gosh, it's no, it's not great. Uh, actually, somehow mine is out of sync, and it's like not. I can't. I can't even use it. And honestly, oh. the, I, lo- I love the home. I, I love HomeKit. I love HomeKit. So don't get me wrong. Yeah. The number of times like you launch the app and it's like eight, eight devices not responsive, and then it's just like five minutes later it fixes itself. It drives me nuts. Yep. Uh, but I, yeah, I do love completely HomeKit. bad. I do love HomeKit. Uh, it was crazy. Like I was. I was uh, I was meeting with the builder. We we're building the house, and like all of a sudden I get an alert on my phone. It's like water detected. And I call my wife, I'm like, 
yeah, what's going on? She's like, Oh, I spilled something. Like I've got those, I've got water oh. sensors everywhere in front of like in front of the, uh, I've got the Acara ones cause they're super, super inexpensive, but like they're one in front of my fridge, one in front of my dishwasher. And then I've got a Fibro one under some sinks, like anyways. And she was like, Oh, I spilled something in front of the dishwasher. But like, it, like the, the builder I was meeting with was like, that's pretty cool. Cause it's sounded the alert on my phone. Yeah. And, but I, so I do love home kit, but it's like also like just some of those little like edge case bugs, uh, like drive me nuts. And then I, I, I put in a new, um, I put in the Eero uh, Pro 6 and I just, some of my devices kept having problems. And I realized like, it was like, I had turned up their home kit security too high on those devices, like the oh. home kit router function. And as soon as I turned that off, like they worked great. It's just some of that stuff will drive you nuts. But um, anyways, reason number nine, security is built right in. Mac is the most secure personal computer on the planet. Thanks to built-in features like hardware verified secure boot on the flying encryption, touch ID and gatekeeper. So there's no question that Apple's platform security guide and Apple's platform security as a whole is industry leading. I mean, there's just not a question of that. Is it perfect security? No, nothing is. Um, but I will say that you know Apple tends to default on the side of great security. And one need only look at things like FileVault. Um, FileVault is just amazing. Um, and there are a lot of really great opportunities there for organizations or people to just take advantage of Apple's built-in security. Touch ID is amazing. Uh, I have an M1 MacBook Pro for, or MacBook Air for work, and I just bought the new external uh, ex- Touch ID enabled keyboard. Um, and it's great because I run with my MacBook Air with the lid shut all the time. And I was having to type my password, I don't know, 15, 20 times a day. And it was a pain. Um, to be able to just supplant that with actual Touch ID lets me use a really long, secure password and only have to present that periodically. Uh, Touch ID is really industry leading there. Um, when you look at, you know, for the Mac, um, you know, they don't have Face ID yet. Uh, and I suspect that there are a couple of reasons for that. Um, one is Apple's webcams are um, bad. Um, and two is that, you know, I suspect that they really want to make sure that they've got the um, uh, the secure intent down for a Face ID scan. Um, so I'm hopeful that they can start to figure that out and we can, uh, you know, take advantage of that on the Mac platform as well. But, you know, if we also look at things like code signing security and gatekeeper, um, yes, those can be a little bit annoying to the end user. Cause when you download something, you're like, Hey, this came from the internet and you're like, yeah, I know. I just got it from the internet. Um, but you know, that security blanket of knowing that gatekeepers always doing those kind of scans and periodically scanning existing applications to make sure that they haven't been co-opted as a big sir, um, is superb. And it's the kind of security that a lot of organizations can rely on without having to layer on expensive security products uh, on top of that. It's enough outside of the box for smaller organizations to just rely on without having to go the extra mile until they need it for compliance reasons. So, I mean, while every business should try and strive to be SOC 2 compliant from the get-go, we all know that that's not necessarily reality when you're building something from the ground up. And then you backport into some things, some later security and some things like that. So um, I feel like there's there's a lot to love there, but there's also some challenges. I do, you mentioned like the, the built-in tools. And I think that is one of the things when we go back to reason number five, Mac works for companies without IT. That is one of the really, the, the way Apple is helping those small businesses is having that security built right in. Uh, where you don't even really know it's doing its thing. Um, and so I do sure. think that's that's helpful there. 
Uh, number 10, Mac loves iPhone. Mac feels just like any Apple devices employees know and love, and they all work together seamlessly. Copy and paste across devices. Uh, you can actually disable that through MDM as well. Uh, extend your screen and pick up calls anywhere. Um, is that real or fake? Oh, that's real. Um, there's no question that, that that this one is completely real. Uh, as someone who has been deprived for the first time, I'm using a company-issued Apple ID on my work machine, and I have my personal phone on a different Apple ID, which is my personal stuff. I'd miss being able to answer calls on the same machine where I'm uh, already engaged full-time for work. Uh, so organizations can do that and, and take advantage of that and really strengthen the collaboration between their mobile devices and their... Um, and the rest of it. And, you know, a lot of what's coming in user enrollment for iOS um, will give me the ability to do that at work too. So uh, beginning last year in iOS 14, when it was released, you could uh, participate in a mobile device management using what's called user enrollment. And that means I have my personal iPhone and I can register with the company and receive from my IT people or from my uh, associated, you know, I mean, whoever's doing IT for your organization, whether or not it's a dedicated IT person or not, um, you can at that point use user enrollment to create a second Apple ID on your phone. And anything that comes down from the MDM there, if you if your company uses Dropbox and Google and a bunch of other things, your administrator can deliver apps to your phone and they live in a separate crypto. They live in a separate cryptographic container from your regular stuff. And so at that point, all of your work stuff lives in its own secure box behind the scenes. There are apps on your phone um, just like they would be normally, but they were put there by your company and your company can control whether or not they work. And so at that point, when you're done with a, you know, an assignment or you complete your job and say, thanks, it's been fun. Um, you can safely remove that without having to wipe your phone or allow your IT administrator to see deep into the life of your iPhone. In fact, all they can really do is a couple of key security things, like make sure that you have a passcode. Um, they can't make it be eight digits and uh, <laughs> alphanumeric and require you know a sentence and a character and you know a dream and a want. Uh, <laughs> but they can make sure that you have a passcode on your phone, uh, which is really all IT wants, generally speaking, for compliance reasons. But at that point you've got to say you've got a shared space on your phone that work can help you populate but that they don't control the underlying phone um, not every MDM uh, works with this and uh, you know so obviously check with your IT administrator if this is something that they can do um, this is something that's coming to jump cloud later this year um, but the idea is hey I want a trusted space on my iPhone just for work stuff and then I don't want work to get too far ahead of me and I want to be able to pull that back when I when I want to yeah, that's going to be great. So you really get the best of both worlds. You can use your personal yes. Apple ID, but then IT can still push out configs if they need to. They can um, push out apps. But again, and then since if it's your device, you always have the ability to remove that. Um, that's and, correct. And you, and, and you really, you can't take an Apple or your employer can't take over that device. So yeah, I, gosh, I missed that somehow. That's going to be fantastic. That's going to solve a lot of you know problems for um, people that have with like when they're using personal devices, you know, again, even if they have a company issued laptop, then they can use their, um, you know, iPhone, you know, maybe you know, they get a, a stipend for iPhones um, and, uh, or their cell service. And now they can, again, have the best of both worlds. It can be secure, uh, but, but then it can't kind of, you know, get into your life. You can still use your own yep. personal iCloud photo library. Uh, so that's, that's going to be great. That's absolutely going to be great. Um, so reason number 11, it's a pleasure to work with. And I, I, 
I think I, and we touched on this earlier, I would honestly take a pay cut to not like a huge pickup, but I would take a slight pickup to be able to pick my own device and to use a Mac uh, just because it's my tool of choice and the computer is the tool that I use during the day. And so, yeah, I'm going to say this one's real. What have you? Oh, for sure. And I, I this one's absolutely real. Uh, I have been a Mac user my entire life. Uh, I remember sitting down in front of the original, you know, Lisa back in the back in the early 80s, and then later the uh, original Fat Mac, which I have actually sitting at my foot down here, um, and I'm trying to get restored. So if anybody knows a great restorer for old Macs, let me know. Um, but the the way that Apple has approached the platform with user uh, functionality and user experience designed at its core. Uh, has really paid dividends. I mean, my, there's no question that Windows has come long ways over the last five years. Uh, and Windows 11 looks like it's a pretty close approximation to good. But Apple has always been above and beyond for me. And they work like I think. And I think like they work. And so when you get somebody, when you've got that simpatico relationship, um, it's effortless to do your job. I think that is a great place to leave it for this week. Tom, thanks for coming on to the show. Um, we'll have a link to the Mac Admins podcast, uh, which is Tom, the podcast Tom is on regularly, uh, as well as your um, profile on the Jump Cloud blog. So if, if people want to kind of stay up to date with what's happening uh, with Apple and the Enterprise, that's a great place to check. Uh, Tom, thanks for coming on the show as always, and we'll talk again real soon. Bradley, thanks so much. It's been a pleasure.